0: What's up, guys? Welcome to a vibe called West Radio. Today we have a very special guest, MC Bravado. What's going on, man? How you doing today?
1: I'm good. How you guys doing?
0: Doing well. Thanks so much for taking the time on your Tuesday to pop by and uh, talk with us. I'm stoked. Yeah, I want I want to bring up really quick because I know that you've moved around a little bit, but you know your parents are from the Bronx, right? Yes, sir. So it's funny. My grandma's from the Bronx. My dad's from Queens. My mom's from Brooklyn. So I kind of get that, that kind of energy, that New York energy. I, um, my friend's from L.A. I'm from L.A. now, but they always laugh at just like th- there's a difference in that kind of energy and the tone of their voice.
1: Yeah, dude, one thousand percent. I mean, the, especially like East Coast versus West Coast, I remember doing like, uh, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to to do some touring and the energy out West is totally different. And every now and again, I like like getting out there for. It's almost like a cleanse of sorts. It's a different energy. Like I'm an East Coast guy and I love it out here. Uh but I appreciate the vibe out west as well. But yeah, my parents are both Bronx babies. Uh and then I've been in Baltimore for about a decade, so definitely immersed in the grit and the cold winter.
0: Seriously. So different. I mean, like right now it's raining in Venice and like everyone's freaking out. So we're not equipped like you guys. It's uh <laughs> it's a transition, but and then so I know that you you know you really started rapping. the transition was junior year you you were figuring out that maybe basketball you have a passion for it but there's maybe something that's more you know linear that you could do with music that's correct right
1: yeah i you know like a lot of kids i you know i played basketball uh in school sports in school and i was i was all right you know but uh i didn't see eye to eye with the coach was which was one thing but then beyond that i was like it hit me at some point, like, bro, you're not going to go to the NBA. You're <laughs> like six foot five eleven. If people want to be a dick about it, you know, your, your vert is not that you're not athletic enough, you know, and uh, still love the NBA and love basketball from afar, but hip hop became that outlet. And also that thing that I got to a point was like, you know, you are good enough, you know, to do this professionally. So uh, yeah, it all started bubbling back then, but I got more serious as the years, you know, progressed.
0: Yeah, naturally, you know, it starts getting more and more mature and more and more real. And then, you know, it's so funny. I saw that you say that like Jordan is the goat. It's not a fact. I mean, I mean, it's a fact. It's not an opinion.
1: I, I feel pretty strongly about it.
0: <laughs> but I want to add but you have a song, LeBron poster. Why not Jordan poster?
1: I do. Um. So here's the thing. I love... LeBron too, and what he's done. A lot of your big LeBron fans will think someone's a hater just because they don't have LeBron as their number one. I have LeBron as my number two. Um, But it's also this idea that with LeBron poster, I'm largely like internally motivated, right? I mean, they're in the industry today. There's a lot of, you know, fabrication that happens when it comes to numbers or who's doing what and a lot of noise and there is that old like saying that like comparison's the thief of joy. So I try mm-hmm. to not compare myself as much to my peers as to like the legacies that I'm chasing. And I think like I have a bar in the song about that, but I think I don't think LeBron really weighs himself against the noise happening in the media or even the players he plays against as much as he respects them. Like he's chasing a ghost, you know, he's chasing this almost uncatchable thing and that's kind of what i try to do as an mc i'm not really trying to like say so and so just did this so i have to top it i'm trying to almost push myself to a level that might be impossible and i think if i'm chasing like something that i can't really touch that that's the best way to do it if that makes sense
0: 100 it's great imagery and like great it's a great comparison and yeah i mean spoken from the words of lebron he is chasing that ghost and i love the analogy that you're portraying with you chasing the people that you probably look up to in music which we're gonna dive into one of them probably being jay-z as uh yes spoke about the album yeah and then before we dive into the album i want i do want to say congrats on 8 a.m in baltimore
1: oh thank you thank you yeah we're hitting these like every these monthly releases bro i got through all of 2013 dropping at least a record a month and we're gonna keep that energy going for 2024 and i uh yeah, I was proud of that one. It started as like a freestyle over the, the Drake version, but then it evolved into like an original production. And um, yeah, it's fun. It's a cool record. People like it. So I'm happy. Yeah, Appreciate it. Also
0: like Baltimore is just like, I don't know, like the name of that city just sounds gritty. Like just sound, it's, a, it's a cool name for a track. So um, I, I like that a lot. And then I want to touch on actually what you said a little bit later, because I there is something about dropping music consistently. But before we do that, I want to break down kind of the structure for the new and old listeners. So the way prior to MC Bravado coming on the podcast, I asked him what his favorite album was. He told me credible album, The Blueprint by Jay-Z. So what I did is I went on Spotify, I seeded the songs one through eight based on total number of streams, put that into a March Madness Elite Eight bracket to figure out what is MC Bravado's favorite song on The Blueprint. You ready to figure out what your favorite song on this album is?
1: Yeah, I think that's fun.
0: Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be great. So, um, let's start off with the first matchup, which is the one verse eight, which is renegade versus the rulers back. Which song do you think should progress?
1: It's easy renegade for sure. Um, the rulers back is a cool way to ride into it and it's like triumphant, but renegade is, you know, kind of speaks for itself. And, uh, yeah, so I to leave that
0: at that. Yeah, there's definitely a mystique too. I think way well, yeah, Eminem produced it. Um hasn't One of
1: cr- his best beats. Easily, for sure. dude.
0: It's so sick and his you know, you'll probably talk like his feature is fucking legendary, so I agree with you on that one. Renegade moving forward. Now, let's go to the other side, the two versus seven, which is going to be Izo Hova versus Takeover.
1: Takeover. Uh I feel really strongly that okay so historically when people talk about the beef they say nas won, which is accurate but you gotta like look at it like that was three verses dedicated to jay-z that he had time to cook whereas with takeover nas was like you know he's going at multiple people he went at mob deep too and yeah. you know it it is such a brilliant disc record it might be my my favorite, which is weird. Cause it's like, I think Nas quote unquote one with ether, but I think takeover, I mean, you're talking Pete Kanye West production wise, like what Jay did throw at Nas was unbelievable. Like it, even the mob deep stuff was great. Like, I don't know. It holds up for me. Pete Kanye. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I totally agree. I think, I think it's a sample of the doors as well. It's like a crazy fucking sample. And then, uh, like I'm like a Nas stan, like truthfully, but you love know, Nas too. It, I the the line like one was odd, the other was automatic. That's a, that's one hot album every ten year average is like fucking crazy. Like to me, that was like nail in the coffin. I agree that it's a, it put up a big fight. I don't think it's as you know one sided as people say. Totally agree with you. Um, yeah,
1: Nas is Nas is unbelievable, bro. I mean, what he's doing now too, like second this renaissance. Rant unbelievable man i'm i'm a big J, jay-z is my goat but i'm telling people i'm like this is like jordan coming back and doing another three like Nas is like uh, i don't know man they're closer than ever and i hope home is like low-key motivated to do the same thing we'll see
0: yeah i agree i think you know winning that grammy for Nas was big and then you know before 444 was incredible as the last album for him so that that's like kind of that's a good mystique but i agree man the second renaissance of Nas's career is fucking ridiculous like the, the magic that yeah it's crazy so um awesome we're talking about a really great album but now i want to focus on a great artist which is you and just kind of ask Appreciate you that. some questions with some research i did so to me you know i think as you've probably done in other interviews it's clear that the origin story of your career is how you left a decade of teaching to go on the van's warp tour in 2018. I want to ask, are you still connected to any of the fans who you gave your card to while selling them Cool Suppliers ice cream?
1: That's a great question. Uh, Shout out Cool Suppliers. Timmy Grants, one of the most inspiring hustlers just ever, man. I talked to that guy for five minutes and you could run through a fucking brick wall. (laughs) Um, But, you know, only on Instagram, you know, there are a few that I will like recognize because I pay attention with who interacts and stuff. Um, I don't I know some of them are subscribed to my newsletter and and things like that, uh, which I have not sent in a while. I'm slacking on. Uh, but I know I don't I haven't maintained any direct like I met you on warp tour fan connections. People who I met there that were working for other bands or that were you know, anyone I was traveling in that R V with that summer, I met like it was like getting married in Vegas. Like I got I flew to LA and like Hopped in an RV with eight strangers. It was like some real world (laughs) shit. But um, (laughs) those people became my family and I'm still, you know, in contact with most of them Mm -hmm. uh, for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I remember, yeah, you said the real world thing. It's so true. Like that's a crazy experience. And speaking and kind of keeping with that, you know, you that's 40 different shows, 40 different cities. And I think it's crazy. That's 40 different audiences. So what advice would you give a budding artist? on how to engage a crowd that may not know who they are.
1: If you're an MC freestyle, um, because people love when it's a moment, when a moment is happening. Mm. And if they can see that in that moment, you're trying to connect by talking about them or what they're wearing or something current, they, they, are more likely to stick around and give it a shot. Also be vocal like about them giving you a chance, be humble, be like get, you know, invite them to get closer and make it kind of as intimate as you can. Don't be like too cool. I think with a lot of rappers especially, it's like I'm not performing for an arena, so I'm going to be uh kind of on this half assed I barely want to be here tip. Like mm-hmm. it can sound cliche, but you have to give the same I can say with all of my being, I give the same energy for ten that I give for, you know, a thousand. Like no matter what, if I'm up there like I'm going. Mm-hmm. So I think people not a think, people can feel that. People know. Um so give give all of yourself, be yourself, make it spontaneous, make it a moment that is a one of one moment. Cause even to keep fans that you have coming back, like every show has to be a unique experience and a one of one. So Mm -hmm. I think own that, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. That's great advice and a great answer. And like, I think one, sometimes I feel like artists are like selfish with their performances where they want to perform what they want. But I think kind of like what you're saying is like allow like the crowd, like interact with the crowd and like, make them feel like they're a part of the moment. Like you're not up there. Don't just like sing your songs, like connect with them. And I think that's like very important. Cause I think some artists just go up there and like perform the songs they want and like don't interact, you know? So they're your cool.
1: lifeline, bro. Like they're your lifeline. And I think in this digital world too, like with a lot of these, yo- these younger artists, like they, this is the world they know. So a lot of the boots on the ground really, like you were talking about Warped Tour, like handing out cards, like, I'm selling these, like, Push Pop, you know, they're delicious, by the way, but, like, (laughs) I'm selling these Push Pop vegan ices and a hundred. I got heat exhaustion literally in Vegas. Like, got heat exhaustion, had to get sat down in the tent and, like, prop back up to finish the day of work. But, like, it humbled the hell out of me, dude, because I had some big performances with some big acts before I left, and then I was like, oh, I'm on now. But no, man, my ass was in the heat, like, all day selling these things, and I would only stop to perform. But, like, selling those things made me money, kept me on the tour, and then I would get my set every day. But, like, I'd drop the, you know, the freezer bag and, like, pick up the mic, and it was hella grassroots. And I don't think a lot of artists today get that experience. A lot of these kids can do a freestyle on a, an on-the-radar a big platform, and it's, like, right into stardom or, like, packed shows with big crowds and, like, good for them i don't want to sound like old and bitter like i wish i had that line but like at the same time i'm happy i didn't because there's a certain skills you acquire by having to go brick by brick you know um fan by fan and i think it's important to in a digital age to hold on to that you know
0: Mm -hmm. yeah great yeah definitely i mean like i hope any young listener there like hears that because one I did like a small tour once, like it is fucking exhausting. So the fact that you work during the day and then performed at night, like that's crazy to me. Like good shit on that. First of all, like kudos to you. Like that's important. And like, yeah, like, I think like, I don't know. Also there's something about like, you can like pay for marketing or promo, but nothing's going to be the person, like someone discovering music. There's nothing still better than a friend going up to a friend and being like, Hey, listen to this artist. Like that will stick with anything more than any Instagram or TikTok promo.
1: Bro, I've had some, I've been blessed and I've had some really fucking good looks on the media side. Right. But my favorite things ever, one of my good friends, he was, I think he was in Seattle on business. And uh, he, he said something along the lines of something about MC bravado is my, you know, my friend checked this song out. Uh, He had met this guy you know, uh, that he worked with. I guess it was like a company conference or whatever. And the guy was from the West Coast, I think Seattle or whatever, and he like showed my friend, he was like, oh no, I got him on my playlist and my friend was like, bullshit. And then he pulled out his Spotify like algorithmic and I was on there. And I'm like, to me like, A, props to my friend for starting the conversation, but B, like having proof of that kind of real traction, you know, Um, to where someone he had just met you know, was actively playing my shit and they were sharing that moment. Like that's way cooler to me than any like big look I've gotten. Cause that's just real people like enjoying and sharing it. And like, that's what this is about at the end of the day.
0: hundred percent. It says sick to also like get that confirmation. Sounds like a good friend. Shout out your friend uh, for starting the conversation on that. That's yeah, great. He's a good guy. Um, yeah. Great answer. So now I kind of want to go more into like the mindset. So I saw you speak about the mindset you have while dealing with obstacles and frictions. And the quote from you that really stuck out to me was, someone has been here before and quit. Can you expand upon that?
1: Yeah, um, I think every time that you want to quit, it's an opportunity to level up because just statistically, there's gonna be a bunch of people that are are having that moment and they're walking away. Um, and you by not walking away or advancing and separating yourself from the competition because there's just things we share as humans and human experiences that, okay, this is my limit, right? I'm at my limit. It's time to go. But really what like the most successful people have in common is like that ability to push through that and uh, to not quit. And so I think if you change your mindset to just like, this is an opportunity for me to go further rather than like, I, I need to walk away. Like, I, I don't know. I think that enhances everything because anytime I've been at that edge, it's always followed by like periods of like prosperity, you know,
0: hundred
1: percent, hundred percent. Just get darker before dawn bumpiest before takeoff, whatever you however you want to phrase it, you know, um, it's a thing and it's, it's, you know, it's self-belief and, um, all that shit that a lot of people think is, uh, you know, a corny quote, like whatever, but, Um, I don't know, man, that shit is like priceless. And if you can really program yourself that way, uh, and remember that it's not, it doesn't happen in a day, you know, for look at killer Mike, right? Like Mm -hmm. 40, 48, you know, winning the Grammy. Um, I don't know, you know, you gotta, and you, you gotta really love it. You know, man, like if you don't really love it, if your intention is attention, like, I don't think the universe is going to reward you long term for this shit. You might have a moment, but I think those that stay and like leave an impact, like their intention is right, you know, like they want the right things for the culture and for other people and they know it's bigger than them. And I think like if you're really mindful about that shit and that's what you're putting out into the universe, then I do think you're, you're rewarded for sticking around and continuing to do it. 100%
0: 100% first of all bars with the uh, intention attention line great line uh um, thank you yeah like that and then um yeah I think my so my roommate said told me one thing that's you know kind of like what you were saying is those that survive the longest in the game are the ones that win that's like really all it is
1: 100%
0: exactly and then kind of what you were saying like turning tragedy to triumph it always does follow kind of this prosperity after you know the the doubt I've I've I um, identify with that as well. And then before we go back to the board, there was one more quote that I totally agreed with. And I love from you, which is nothing beats the mindset of every day. Move the needle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the other, that's the other thing um, is you aren't going to move mountains every day in your career. Like that's just not what's going to happen. You don't have control over that, but what you do have control over is doing something can't like dude, every day of my life, I do something that advances my career. Mm-hmm. And it might be a social media post. It might be writing a verse. It might be, you know, working on something else, you know, creative album art, whatever. And I'm not talking finishing the album art. I'm talking, you know, uh, figuring out what theme you're going with or, like, what you're calling this. Like, someday you, that you might be able to put in an hour compared to the eight hours the other day. But it's just like even Sundays, dude, Sundays are my day off. Like I, I unplug on Sundays, but I write a little bit on Sundays usually. And that's how I advance on Sundays. Cause at the end of the day, like what I remind myself is the day I need to have a break from like the writing. Uh, and I don't write every day, but again, to advance the needle, I make sure I'm doing something every day. So Sundays is that day, but the day I need a break from everything, the writing, the creative part the business part then I'm like no longer really doing what uh I love you know what I mean but yeah I'm a firm believer in that because I know a lot of people that just stop dude like they just stop for like a couple months at a time or however long at a time and then they go back in and I'm like you know the inertia is kind of like lost at that point you know what, what you had built up so yeah, just fucking do it if it's it's if five minutes, ten minutes, do something to be like, Okay, I'm a little further along than I was yesterday. And if I think if you do that for years, that you know, it plus the intention thing that it starts to happen. And I I have a long way to go still, like for sure. I know that, but I'm proud to be this is year six of doing this full time for me, so like even that is you know, try to smell the roses, you know, once in a while.
0: Mm-hmm, definitely it's a blessing. Six years is awesome to be able to do what you love. And like, you know, it's, it, it's funny, like kind of like what you were uh, illustrating was like, there's a relationship between the quote that I just asked you in the first one, you know, they kind of go hand in hand. And when I was working, I was working at this recruiting company and the COO said something that I said that I firmly believe, which is similar to this, which is like, just improve 1% a day. Cause that compounds that does no matter how small. So totally agree with you. And we're definitely in lockstep with that. So, Awesome. Those are great answers. And before I dive into some more stuff with you, I'd love to go back to an album that you love, which is The Blueprint. So let's now go to the three versus the six matchup, which is a crazy matchup in my opinion, which is Heart of the City versus You Don't Know.
1: Uh yeah, that's see that's <laughs> like a that's like a which kid to kill kind of question. Literally. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, um
0: I know it's tough. It,
1: this is the hardest one. I if it's there's a gun on my head, it's you don't know cuz that just just like makes me want to tip a smart car over like it's so <laughs> fucking hype. Uh uh, yeah let's go You don't know That's really hard though dude That is That's
0: so tough that I would I, I would agree with you I think also I don't know I was listening To some of the songs obviously Before this And like going up uh, Like going up And more than Like than the Dow Jones Your name Like your brain is now blown Like the rhyme schemes On there are fucking sick And like the word choices Are so hard
1: Yeah he's like One of the thing That I always talk about With him Is Cause my past life I was an English teacher right And mm-hmm. um there is a lot of like, as a writer and early on in my career, I was more like this, but it's easy as a rapper to be like, what's the craziest thing I could do. And I think Jay Z writer wise, I'd kind of liken it to like Hemingway. Like Jay Z is great at like putting shit together that like most people can understand, but then like layering the jewels in there, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, and to me that's mastery. Cause like, if you could like put a verse that sounds simple or it is accessible to most people, but then like you have the entendres and the schemes that are, that show you're as lyrical as anybody. And you're able to do that under the same record that also sells a bunch and can be played wherever, like that's next level. So like, I think on this album, it's like the perfect marriage of that kind of shit where the production is a one, like he's rapping at such a high level, but it's also in a catchy, catchy, Commercially viable way like it's It's mastery so yeah I agree with you I think that song's a a great example and the Energy's crazy and the remix is crazy With MOP too
0: Mm, I actually haven't heard that I gotta check that out
1: Dude check out yeah check out the remix
0: 100% it'll be on my list Um, Awesome so you don't Know I mean like yeah You're so right with this album it's the full package Um, You don't know is going on Through now let's go to the four and the five Which is girls 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 Versus song cry
1: We got to go with one of the. If Heart of the City doesn't advance, then Song Cry has to advance.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I agree. Song Cry is beautiful, bro. So beautiful.
1: Yeah, the feel definitely gives me the feels every time I listen to it. Like, Girls is like cool what it is for what it is. Swagger is on 11. But yeah, Song Cry is one of those that kind of stays with you forever. So I go with that one.
0: What do you think is the second best, your second favorite Jay Z album?
1: Um, probably reasonable doubt. Mm -hmm. Um, just because it'd be reasonable doubt, and then the Black Album, and then I think American Gangster would be like right after that because that's unbelievable, and it was like a quote unquote. I get you can't even call it a movie soundtrack. I mean, that's kind of what it was supposed to be, but it's an album. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, those are my top four. But what about you?
0: Yeah, I think like realistically, there's like a holy trinity of Hove albums, which is you know Black Album. Uh, Blueprint and then Reasonable Doubt I don't know I think I kind of like go between I would say probably Reasonable Doubt is always my one But like Blueprint it's the same Like they're interchangeable to me honestly I would say Black Album's three And then the other one's kind of just like They alter based on my mood
1: I'm with you um, I think that's a firm top three I think all three have arguments as classics In their own way mm-hmm. uh, For me like I think is best rapping was unreasonable doubt but I think blueprint marries that other stuff that we were talking about like pop icon this is a you know commercially viable hits and but still rapping like you know the rent is due
0: exactly I agree like there's like a lot of power in that like that's not fucking easy you know what I mean like that is not easy to put those all together
1: you know, man. Yeah. It's like fucking impossible. <laughs> yeah. Why he is who he is.
0: Exactly. I think, you know, Kendrick is like someone that does that really well as well. Where like, they're able to like kind of cross over, but still have like those themes really strong,
1: bro. Fucking G I'm plugging my phone in really quick. So I don't get lost on you. You're
0: good. You're good.
1: Um, hold on. Sorry. You're totally it's fine. On my, no, my you're fine.
0: Don, we, we can edit it, dude. It's fine. You're, <laughs> you're killing the interview. You're
1: doing a good job. All right. We're back already.
0: Perfect. Um, yeah so we were just talking about like just the marriage of all the different aspects of blueprint why it's amazing um but let's now talk we're talking about an amazing album let's go back to an amazing artist which is you and i just i really want to commend you on your work with the nonprofit organization beats not bullets which is focused on teaching students the ins and out of the music industry from purporting for performing to the technical side even networking how fulfilling was receiving the 2022 south by southwest community service award and do you have any success stories of students you would like to share
1: yeah man um first of all shout out to our co-founder and director uh kevin O'Goom beasley he is like really a superhero in baltimore city uh He's an amazing rapper in his own his own right, but he's he's quote unquote retired. I try to like I try to shit talk and bait him, you know, into like, oh, you're afraid to get cooked. That's why you don't do you won't do the record. Like <laughs> I try all the re- I try all the reverse psychology, but yeah. it doesn't work. Um but that's you know his baby more than anything else. And I was, you know, fortunate enough to like, you know, having be- started at South by my first year at South by was twenty seventeen. And through the years going, I, I was able to accumulate enough connections to to get a panel on the during the EDU portion, and to be one of the only featured musical acts during the EDU portion. And then we were at Music Week as well. Uh, but through all of that, it got us enough on the radar of the festival to where they, um, you know, deemed us one of the best, you know, uh, community service organizations in the country, which is, speaks for itself, man. And um, I started as a um you know instructor and then I moved up to program coordinator uh and handle a lot of admin stuff with just how the career has elevated it's kind of hard for me to commit to being you know at the schools as much so I handle more behind the scenes stuff but I love the organization um what it means for Baltimore uh we have a lot of at-risk youth in our city who you know don't necessarily have the structure and the resources they need to succeed and the program does a great job of that. And it's not just what happens in the schools. It's the fact that the program, if a kid graduates from the program, but still needs studio time, like we find money in the budget for that. If they need a music video to shoot, we find money in the budget for that. Um, And really the icing on the cake coming here is, you know, I've got like an upcoming single coming with, with uh, Empire distributing. And it's the first time, like, I'm working with a major in any capacity but we're also with our situation able to uh you know make some plays for the kids to be able to distribute some stuff through a major label which is uh kind of one of the things that our next chapter to look out for wow um it's exciting man yeah and and but beyond that i mean we have a we had a student who graduated so we do our program in the schools where it's like after school but then over the summer, we kind of have like the Navy SEAL version of that where like the standout kids get to record at a lineup room studio, which is where I work out of um, my business partner and creative partner owns it. Um, and it's Saturday mornings and kind of the best of the best uh, come to that. And we had one student, she she's finishing up college now, um, but she started her own organization already. Her name's Tay-Banz. Shout out Tay-Banz. But, like, she took what we did and literally applied it and has started a youth concert series that's making waves, like, all over the city and getting kids paid to perform. And, like, she's a fucking beast, bro. She's a beast. And for her to come from the program only a couple years ago to have started her own organization where she's helping other kids and she's, like, still, like, fucking 21, you know, or <laughs> something. Uh Fucking remarkable, dude. At twenty one, I was like guzzling four locos, and I'm <laughs> trying not trying, trying not to piss myself. Um, so, to see that is is cool, man.
0: Dude, yeah, seriously. First of all, amazing organization with such a, you know, just powerful kind of intention. As we're talking about intention, and also it's kind of like the Pac quote, like you know, might not change the world, but you plant the seed. Like you planted the seed in her mind to like go out and help something beyond herself and be a part of something beyond herself so really want to commend you and the entire organization that seems like a really powerful and um you know just positive thing that you guys are doing so kudos to that
1: thank you bro yeah we're out there we're still we're still growing we're still we want to continue to do stuff outside of baltimore too that's kind of like my um i keep us in the schools but another one of my missions is to like help with the us doing more stuff like we did south by southwest like we were able to take a student who had never really like left the area and put him on a plane and he got to perform with me uh at south by we want to do stuff like that like more stuff like that um but as you know i mean on the business side it's tough to scale that kind of thing and Mm -hmm. there's a lot that goes into it um but we're working on it you know we're going to keep doing it and you'll definitely continue to see beats not bullets uh you know, it's far from peaked, in my opinion.
0: Definitely. Just keep moving the needle every day. That's all you guys need yes, to do. Um, and now I want to, you You said in a previous interview something that I really agree with, but I want to kind of discuss it, which is like, you know, you touched on the saturation of the music business due to the technological ease of making music. You to the lack of a real commitment. There's like a lack of real commitment required with regards to investing And fans become artists. I think the fans become artists was very true. And the market is just flooded with mostly, you know, people that are not up to par. Do you see that as a reason why labels and artists are having trouble making slash becoming true superstars? Like they're struggling to break artists right now.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, I think sifting through that stuff is a challenge. Um, And it's a catch-22 because, like, I'm happy that, there are artists that otherwise wouldn't get seen and heard that by way of something they did on their phone, that's amazing that they're able to live their dreams. You know, like some of the elitist barriers that were there before are gone Mm -hmm. and there's positives to that, but there's also positives to tastemakers that know what they're doing and positives, uh, you know, to people who are like purveyors of the culture that were like, this has to be dope or like, this person has to have put in their work. I mean, I think it's weird. I'm not going to name names, but I think it's weird to see certain DJs that were once kind of like bastions of like lyricism with like, I'm going to put on the people that have put the work in who are now pushing, you know, people that don't write their stuff or that are totally just, hollow as artists and performers and they'll be pushing them on their platform. That shit is weird. Um, and I, yeah, I do think it makes it more difficult, but again, I do also recognize the pros of like some really dope people who don't necessarily have the money or the marketing budget that get hot off making great art, you know, like I'm happy for them. Mm -hmm. So I'm not quite just, I can, it can be easy to sound like the old man yelling at the sky when it comes to that kind of shit. But I'm kind of in between, you know, I mean, I still, a lot of my students, you know, I'll, I'll connect with them on stuff like that, but it's going, even circling back to basketball. Sometimes when I'm debating with this new generation, uh, about like, I'll tell, they'll be like, Oh, so-and-so scored 60. I'm like, fucking everybody's scoring 60. <laughs> There's no <I> mean, hand checking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like there, I'll get you 25 on a good night, but like, <laughs> There's, like, too much of that. There's so much of that, and I'll explain, and, like, it'll get over simplified. The old heads will oversimplify it, but then, like, some of the kids, they won't have an understanding of, like, who these players were. Um, and I think it's the same in hip-hop, where, like, before, at least when I started, you had to at least show that you understood the culture and had some kind of reverence for it and i think that now i mean there were people when killer mike won, won the grammy who were like bragging that they didn't know who he was like <laughs> oh no you know nobody ever said play that killer mike like how did he win and i'm just like that if you're saying you're an artist or a fan of hip hop and you're like publicly broadcasting that you have never listened to killer mike i don't think that's the best look for you bro
0: <laughs> i agree not even run the jewels like no. come on
1: right yeah <laughs> run the jewel like all the stuff he did dungeon family outcast like yeah. um so i don't know like it's it's a weird time um for sure but there's a, like every time in history especially u.s history like if you're if you're agile and you go with the wave where you where it fits you and you're not just totally like because there's a lot of people in my class that they're like, oh, I, I, I'm not putting anything into streaming because they don't pay enough. And I'm like, well, that's the, that's the myopic view of streaming because yeah, they might pay you red cents on the dollar, but you don't need to look at streaming as a paycheck at first. You need to look at streaming as, as a new music discovery tool, Literally. a way to make new fans, you know, an, an analytical tool that you want to book a show in Phoenix, Arizona you can at least show that promoter like I have this amount of fans in that area who engage with my stuff and yada yada. And you're not going blind and like losing money on the show and looking like a goofball. Cause you said you could do it and then nobody comes out. Like you've got to use it to your advantage. And if you don't try and you just stay off of all of that, you know, it's not a winning formula at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely agree with everything you just said, especially like, I don't know. There's like some, and I also, I think that sometimes like the reason why we we might not be having like this birth of like superstars and stuff is because there's so much. uh, It's so diluted. There's so it's so saturated right now with art and music that like people just forget about people. Like, and the real way to do it is like kind of like what you're saying. Like, be on the platforms that people actually care about. Interact with people. Interact with fans. And like put in that work. So if someone's like, Oh, I don't want to be on TikTok or YouTube shorts, or like, I don't want to post or invest in streaming. Like, you know, those are like the ways to market your music is discovery. You're right. Totally agree.
1: You know, that's, yeah, that's the big thing, man. Is like, at least use it to your advantage. Cause this is a cool time for that. Like if you do some of the in platform stuff on Spotify, for example, even if your budget's not that crazy, but you piece together a couple hundred bucks to do something like that. Like, You can target people that like the stuff you like that you're trying to make and you can make random new fans and they might DM you on IG and say, I love that. And then you can say, well, can I have your email for my newsletter? And they say, sure. And then you organize that based on where they are regionally. And then when you do go to Phoenix, Arizona, you know, there's 25 people that you could send a DM to and say, come out. And if 15 of them come out and bring a friend, you got 30 people. And if you put a couple openers who are worth their weight on the show, even if it's not the craziest show, all of a sudden you got 75 to a hundred out on a Wednesday in in Phoenix, Arizona, which is pretty fucking cool. (laughs) Definitely
0: really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It's great advice too, for anyone listening, like any artists and, you know, creatives like that's, that's the mindset that you have. Like just do it and like put yourself out there and put in the work. Let's now move back to you know we were just talked about lupe let's talk about another artist you love which is jay-z the blueprint we're doing the semi-finals guys which is going to be renegade versus song cry
1: give me renegade again um Boom. one thing i want to add about about renegade um great m verse but a lot of people like they do it is this foregone conclusion for a lot of people that um that m smoked J and i don't necessarily agree um i think kind of like brooklyn's finest with him and biggie i feel like it's so close mm. uh, on that record i feel like jay's verses are really underrated but um yeah really peak jay and otherworldly m feature renegade
0: yeah, I mean, like, I agree that like, he wasn't well, he wasn't cooked that badly. It's not as um far away as people think.
1: Uh, no, yeah, exactly. It's a 10-9 round, not a 10-8 round. Yeah, mm-hmm. I,
0: I agree with you on that. Awesome, Renegade going to the finals. Now let's go TakeOver versus You Don't Know. That's a tough one.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take TakeOver.
0: Ooh, okay. Break it down for me. Why? What was the thought process between the two for you?
1: Um... Same kind of thing with just, I I love disc records. I mean, I started, um, rapping as a freestyle kind of battle dude. Um, so I gravitate towards quality disc records and I just think that's one of the best ones. So, um, off the strength of that, it would, yeah, it would get to the and It's one of my favorite Kanye beats ever. Like you said, a, uh, a door sample. Uh, I fuck with Jim Morrison. Um, yeah, yeah, that collectively does
0: it. Yeah, they got the whole package and I don't know, his delivery when he's like, God MC, me, Jehovah is like, dude, when I hear that, I'm like, oh, fuck. He's going off right now. He's about to yeah, go in.
1: <laughs> his conviction, man. Yeah, you uh, definitely buy what he's selling at all times. So it makes
0: sense. 100%. Um, well, awesome, man. Before we go to the finals, I want to do one thing. So um, it's kind of like the part of the interview where we kind of do like explain that tweet. So, I went on your Twitter and I found some like fun stuff that you oh, were tweeting. <laughs> yeah. Nothing crazy, <laughs> I promise. Nothing crazy, but just like some fun. Oh, uh, there
1: are some that are fucking crazy. It. So happy you're not putting me on the spot
0: like that. No, I would never do it to you. Um, This one was so funny and it's so true. And I've always thought this. Um, Shout out rappers saying shit is lighter or throwaway after they spit a verse, knowing goddamn well it's the best they got currently. That's so true, dude.
1: Dude. That drives me nuts sometimes because <laughs> I be- I believe that, like, just, it's okay if that was the best your phone or notebook had to offer at the time. You don't have to, like, do the whole, I was talking about the too cool thing before, like, that's what I'm talking about, like, that kind of shit, and then there's also, like, I saw a dude recently, and he was just like, oh, uh, if I wanted to rap, like, Kendrick Lamar, like, I could, but, like... I do this instead to like make it <laughs> t- fuck out of here. No bro. way. Yeah. You can't, you can't rap like you don't rap like Kendrick because you fucking can't. Shut up. <laughs> like I like, what? You you don't have the fucking breath control. i have listen to your shit. Like, shut up.
0: <laughs> I love that.
1: You know, I that fires me up because just be yourself. Yeah. Be yourself. You yeah. know, like I started talking to rappers like the fucking the uncle that says I'll still bust your ass one one on one on a family outing. I'm just like, come on, man.
0: For the difference Dude, is- I don't know
1: who you're lying to. You're not gonna lie to me because I I can see through that shit. And yeah. yeah, that's that's not a that's not light. That's not a throwaway. That's your best shit. And <laughs> yeah. that's a- that's okay.
0: It's so funny. It's just like it's such a cliche in hip hop. I totally agree. Um, next one. I oh, this isn't too much. I just like I need to bring this up because I've actually been thinking this for a long time, and I'm finally glad someone said it. You know, like there's a whole subgenre of rappers with like the flippity dippity rap that need to be stopped. And like, I've been wanting to put that into words for so long. But you're right. It's just as bad as mumble rap, and it doesn't mean anything.
1: Dude, one thousand percent. It's and there's like a whole there really is a whole subgenre of Hole. those kind of rappers and their fans who are like, will tell you it's the most amazing thing. And it's 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 utter bullshit. Like they're they're cosplaying a lot of them, in my opinion, like mm-hmm. they can do an effective imitation of like what the mechanics of rapping is. But there's like no they're literally saying absolutely <laughs> They hit them with the rhythm
0: literally dude it's just like triplets like a
1: fucking wall it's
0: (laughs) wild i remember there was um, i don't know if you remember this thing there was uh this song called the death of mumble rap with like nah or gone uh mac lethal futuristic who i actually think is dope and then um i think crypt (laughs) like it was just like the irony of it was like anthony fantano did a breakdown of it you should watch it it's so funny
1: I fuck with Fantano. Yeah, I need. I do need to watch that. Wait, he's kind of clowning it. I guess.
0: Well, yeah, because they're basically being like, "Where's little pump? I want to eat him," and then they're rapping and they're not saying anything either, and it's just like the irony is so funny.
1: Yeah, and you know what, man? Like, I, I will shit on both on occasion, but like to me, with like what some of these kids are doing with like, because someone the other day on Twitter told me well, mumble rap's not even really a thing. It's a made up blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, like there are artists that do it as a like chosen aesthetic. Definitely. Um, and I think for some of them, like a, some of them are dope at it, but b, like, um, it is a, like almost reminds me of a punk rock Mm -hmm. where they're doing, they're doing something that's like, I know you don't get it. Fuck you. And, Like, that's a thing, and in some ways, like, gun to my head, dude, gun to my head, I'd probably rather listen to a middle-of-the-road mumble rapper over a middle-of-the-road hippity-dippity-flippity. Dude,
0: I took the words out of my mouth, I was gonna say the exact same thing, because, like, at least, like, with the mumble rap, dude, the instrumentals are fucking so sick, and, like, it's, you're right where it's, like, they're just focused on the melodies, and like, that's also a yeah. skill, like they're making melodies with their voices. And like, although the lyrics might not be super coherent, like that's still really impressive. So I totally agree with you on that. And I'm just wanting you. You really um, illustrated that when I was like, I've been thinking that in my head for a while. And like, I'm happy that I saw your tweet with that. And then um, last tweet, and this because I'm a really big football fan. I'm a big fantasy football fan, so I saw you tweet this. And it was with the firing of Arthur Smith and the impending signing of a QB not named Desmond, you can talk me into drafting Kyle Pitts again.
1: <laughs> I draft Kyle Pitts every
0: year. Dude, I mean, <laughs> it always seems like a good pick. <laughs> he's a freak. Dude, he's so. And he, yeah.
1: Yeah, man. And in his first year, he had that, that yardage record, or was he had crazy yardage? And, um, the touchdowns didn't happen, and you know, with fantasy, like there's like positive touchdown regression usually goes down, but um, it didn't. And and yeah, I just feel like if you have Drake, dude, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and then even Bijan as a receiver, how do you fuck that up?
0: Oh, Arthur Smith sucks. I had Bijan this year. I like I I hate Arthur Smith. I'm sorry, I, and I don't say that word a lot, but I hate Arthur Smith.
1: Or will you draft? Uh, Because, so I'm being the freak that I am, I'm already looking at, like, next year's, you know. (laughs) uh,
0: I love (laughs)
1: that. And, like, it's tough, bro, right? Because you've got your consensus CMC, right? And then Mm -hmm. you've got, like, your block of, like, those kind of can't-miss receivers from, like, Jefferson, Alam, the Sun God, Tyreek Chase, like, those guys. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I feel like you got to draft those guys, but I feel like, the first guy to pick after that block of receivers really comes down to like Bijan or Brees Hall, or you could even talk yourself into Bijan or Brees Hall over some of those receivers. If you're like, I don't know, bro. Like I see a world where Bijan unleashed finishes as the number one overall player.
0: I agree. And then what do you think about, I was, I was thinking Jameer Gibbs too,
1: bro. I did draft him in a PPR. He's um, crazy unbelievable he's, and so he's another one he's yeah. another one all they're going to say about him what they say about him is they're like well if he's still sharing with montgomery or yeah. whatever i'm like but he, and the oc being out or whatever but like um he's so unbelievable i i would um i think t- i think talent trump's ken trump's situation like i the example i use like kyron williams is is had a great season right um had a great season but there are people in uh, mock drafts I see for next year that are taking Kyron Williams over Gibbs. I would never do that.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I'm a Rams fan, so like I, I think it's Sean McVay is a genius and can like make a running back good, except for Cam Akers Fast, who fumbles. Bro. The, who the I had the ball. fucking
1: Cam Akers too, two years in a row. <laughs> fumbles the
0: ball. Um, well, yeah, I love that you love fantasy football too. I'm obsessed with it. Um, so fun. Uh, awesome, man. Really, thank you for uh, doing those tweets. That was fun. And finally, let's go to the finals um of mc bravado's vibe call west bracket we have renegade versus takeover what will it be
1: let's see man it's tough i gotta go with renegade just because i'm getting two of my favorite mcs Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah at the end of the day uh I would say it's also the one I go back to the most. Um, It's just a God tier rapping back and forth two totally different styles, fucking 11 out of 10 production. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and rap's a competitive sport. So you want to be, you want to see two of the best slugging it out. And I don't care what anybody says. They're obviously trying to kill each other. So um, yeah, I live for that. And that was also when M was like, people, I don't you've noticed that I'm sure. There's a lot of like retroactive teardowns that happen with Eminem where Definitely. people are like, you know what I mean? Where people are like, um, just trying to clown him. And a lot of his newer stuff, dude, I don't like, you know, I'll be honest about it. I think it's a little, it's really high level rapping, but it's like too technical, you know, like to where it sounds, a lot of the feeling that he had when it's fucked up to say, but it was like when he had the drug issues and his life was a little in shambles, it was like, he was really going through it. And you felt that in the records. And now that life I think is kind of good for him and he's sober and he's kind of away from it all. I don't think he has much to go with. And I think I, you know, you can hear it, but regardless of what you think of Eminem now, I think again, some of these kids that are commenting on him or feel the way that they feel, they don't know what it was like in that early 2000s time period where like nobody wanted to fucking see that guy on a record like that guy at that time was so unfuckable so to have two unfuckable top 10 ever rappers at the peak of their powers over the production of one of the best producers ever at the peak of his powers yeah
0: yeah i mean First, yeah, so there's two things. First, you know, I remember, like, uh, Chris Rock was, like, at the Grammys and was, like, nobody wants to diss Eminem because Eminem is so crazy that he'll make a diss record about his own mama. <laughs> it's like no one wanted to fuck with him back then. So true. And then uh, speaking about the – when you say, like, the new Eminem, the first thing that comes to my mind is, like, the – that's an awfully hot coffee pot. Should I drop it on Donald Trump? Probably not. I'm like, dude, that's crazy. Like, that's I agree. Why I can see why some people don't love that. But Eminem is a goat. Big fan of him. And like, I just I just think that's a that, that's a funny line that when he says that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, um, <laughs> that
0: that that line freestyle.
1: Is, is not fucking uh, his finest moment, and it's That's also the era where we live in, right? Where he has such a body of work, but it's like that. 20 second, 15 second clip just gets like thrown everywhere.
0: <laughs> it gets a meme to death. That's mm-hmm. what you see. Is, but yeah, well, man, thank you so much for doing, you know, the bracket and answering all my questions. I just I want to open it up to you, MC bravado and kind of let you plug anything talk about what you're working on. Just, you know, the floor is yours.
1: Um, sure. So 2024, uh, again, Keep an eye on Beats, Not Bullets. We have a lot of great shit coming. Um, I'm going to be giving people um, at least a single a month uh, throughout the year again. uh, I have a record called Belief that is coming soon. Uh, It's looking like it's going to be April at this point. I thought it was going to be late March, but I think it's going to be April, and that's my debut uh, with Empire on the distribution side. Uh, It is... I can say with everything I got, belief is definitely my best record ever, um, and it's a lot of what we were talking about. Where I think I'm rapping at a high level, but it's very, it's commercially viable, it's relatable, it's digestible, but the jewels are there. Great production, like I fucking love it. Uh, I think everyone's gonna love it. Uh, and then after that, I've got a album come with Stu Bangas, who is um, one of my favorite producers. So. You know, that's going to have some cool features and stuff on it. Um we're just going to keep going, man. Uh, I anticipate 2024 being a leap year. But even if it's not, day by day, move the needle on, um, we rock. So thank you for having me. Uh, and I look forward to continuing our conversations about fantasy football and other shit.
0: 100%, man. Yeah, I got you. Uh, if any questions, I'll definitely hit you with some, considering you're doing brackets already. I love that. Um, yeah, man. So for everyone listening, just want to say, uh, incredible artist, incredible person making an impact in his community, making an impact on, you know, just, you know, young, young adults, people that are about to, you know, become a, become a part of this new world. So I'm happy that you're investing in them. Incredible high level rapping. Please check out his freestyle and rap radar over John P's caddy. Any of his music look out for belief that's coming out hopefully in April and, um, yeah, man, thank you so much for coming on and, um, just appreciate it. And I hope you have a great day.
1: Thank you, brother. Yeah. I'll make sure when I'm out West too, that I say hello and I let you guys know before, beforehand and all that good shit.
0: Please. Yeah. I'd love to have you in the studio. Um, awesome guys. So, um, really quick MC bravado. What are all your handles? Where can people find you?
1: So yeah, no, no champagne poppy over here, bro. <laughs> not that same. Uh, it's just at MC Bravado. M-C-B-R-A-V-A-D-O everywhere. It's, Boom. It's easy. to.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to another amazing episode. Um, just want to say hope you guys have a great day and Vibe Call West Radio episode done.